Come on. You can do better than that. He's been better than that. Let's go. Come on. It's all about the kind of God he is. How many of you are thankful that he doesn't quit on us? Come on. You're going to do it. You better do it. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. He doesn't quit on us. No matter how much we try to run, he keeps on pursuing us because he loves us. And that's just the kind of God he is. Turn to your neighbor, tell him God is good. Give him a fist bump, pat on the back, a kiss on the cheek if it's appropriate. And you can find your seats if you would. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you so much for being here. My name is Pastor Adam Harold. I'm one of the lead servants here along with my beautiful wife, Tanya. We have the privilege of calling this church our family, really. And uh, we thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us this Sunday. It is a gift to us that you're here. And uh, we, we don't take it lightly that, that you give us your time on a Sunday morning. We've prepared, we've, we're ready. And I just believe that God is going to do something incredible in you today. Uh, that's why he has you here. It's why he's brought you here. If you're visiting with us, we want to say welcome. And if you want to, you don't have to, but if you want to, there's a card in front of you, on the, in, the, in the chair in front of you, um, on the basket underneath there. Uh, if you can fill that, that little card out, uh, just tell us your name. And uh, I want to send you a card this week to say thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us your time. You can give that to us by one or two ways. Uh, we know we're in New England, so we provide a private way to give that to us. There's a box, the black box on your way out. You can drop that in the black box. Um, or you can uh, drop it off at guest services. And if you, if you have the bravery to give it to an actual person, then we are going to give you a gift for being here to say thank you so much uh, for, for joining us today. Um, we couldn't do it without you. And uh, we are very proud of what God is doing in the Refuge Church. I mean, it's a beautiful 70 degree day in Maine and turn around and look at the room. It's full of people that are here and we'll have another service that'll be full of people on a Sunday morning where it's gorgeous outside. Only God can do that. And so we're proud of it. And uh, we want to tell you all about it. The quickest way that we can do it is in seven minutes, immediately following the service uh, in what we call the lounge. It's on the right side of the room. If you go out this door, turn right, and then turn another right, in the lounge we'll have what we call seven-minute head start. And it's just seven minutes to tell you how you can learn more about the Refuge Church. And we um, are, again, we're really excited about what God is doing, but we, he couldn't do it without the obedience of his people. He couldn't do it without people that have said, God, we're gonna obey you by giving back to you the way that you tell us and teach us in your word. And so if you wanna give today, if you wanna follow God in obedience by giving in any capacity, 
Uh, we want to make it available for you to support this ministry however you want. Um, you can drop off your gift in the black box uh, or, or you can uh, go to refugemain.church slash give or you can text 77296 and just submit an amount uh, that you want to give and you can give digitally as well. We don't pass a plate at the Refuge Church. Um, you can thank COVID for that. It's okay. Um, we haven't passed a plate since COVID. And uh, we haven't passed anything else other than, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a bad joke. Hopefully we haven't passed anything else. Um, but thank you so much for being here. It is our delight that you're here. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven. The word says this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we rejoice today because you have given us a day that we can praise your name, that we can acknowledge the God you are. You're holy, you're set apart, you're far beyond anything that we deserve. So Father, I pray that today you would bless us for being in your presence. God, I pray that you bless your word as we open it, that you would ex expose things in our lives. Father, that you would expose things in our lives that prevent us from knowing you. Father, that's why we do what we do this morning, to know you. Father, I pray that today, when we leave today, that we would say that we, would, that we know you better because we were in your house. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Do me a favor, look at your neighbor, tell them they're pretty. Tell them they're pretty. Look at your second choice, say, I guess you are too. All right, I guess you are too. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Uh, one announcement that I that I neglected completely is, uh, do you like my, my t-shirt? I don't know if you can see it. It says the refuge on it because it's a refuge shirt. It says for all mankind. And, uh, and so these shirts are available starting today. And um, so I thought I would model it for everybody. I'm a great model, aren't I? Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to do the catwalk thing. <laughs> if you want me to, I will, but um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, no one wants that. So you can, you can get one of these shirts in one or two ways. Um, you, can, you can get one of these shirts by... Um, so uh, behind guest services, we have our, our new merch store that we're starting today. And, um, and you can get one of these for free by signing up to help with Summerfest on June the 18th in one of the time slots that are available. Um, and and it's, it's, this shirt's for free. It's, it's for your time, you can get one of these shirts. Or, or for your treasure, for $10, you can get one of these shirts today. After Summerfest, the cost of these shirts are going to go up to $15. It's just an increase of 5 bucks. But um, just because we want everyone to be able to, to support us, uh, at, at Summerfest, uh, we want you to, we, listen, we want there to be, we, we bought 350 shirts. Um, we want there to be 350 people rocking these things at Summerfest. 
um, and showing people that the Refuge Church is here, that we, we love this community, that we're here for this community. And so um, if you don't know what's going on at Summerfest, Wyndham has, a, has an event that they call Summerfest every year. And uh, this year, uh, we uh, are donating $3,000. Uh, that, by the way, we've already raised that money. Thank you so much for the, your generosity. Um, in fact, we've had um, over $6,000 come in for Summerfest. And yeah, yeah. To God's glory, not mine. To God's glory, not ours. Um, and, and, and that money goes to pay for the inflatables, but it also pays for the shirts that we're giving away. Um, and, and because of that, because of your generosity, uh, we couldn't do it. We, we couldn't be, gen we say when you give to the refuge church, you give through the refuge church. So we can't be generous without you being generous. And we just acknowledge that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone that have, that have given, um, and, and, I just, I, I'm, I'm blown away at your generosity and God's generosity through you. And so um, Summerfest, uh, if you want to sign up today, I've got, we've got a computer here. You can sign up today um, in one of the time slots that's available and you can walk out of here with a t-shirt and uh, it's just a way to bribe you to surf on Summerfest. So uh, <laughs> the pastor's not allowed to say that. But I did, uh, and uh, I'm not going to hide it. That's what it is. It's a bribe. Um, <laughs> we love you guys, and uh, God, is, God is just so good. You know, we couldn't do it without, without him. Um, we're in a series that we're calling The Hood, and in The Hood, we're talking about words that end in H-O-O-D, all right? That's how you spell hood, by the way. Um, Words that end in hood, and so week one we talked about, and, and, and the suffix for hood, it, it simply means the state of, right? So week one we talked about the state of being a mother, and we talked about, about motherhood. Uh, we talked about how the womb connects us to God. It's, it's what connects us to God. We are connected to him in the womb, and we can't get away from it. Uh, week two we talked about priesthood, and we baptized 15 people for the glory of God, yeah. 15 people when we talked about the priesthood and, and uh, we are all royal priests according to God's word. If you know Jesus as your savior, you are a royal priest. And um, I had some, I, I just messed up all the recovering Catholics in the house that's that Sunday. And if you are, if, if you consider yourself Catholic this morning, we welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. And um, we are all royal priests and God's eyes. Um, and so we talked about priesthood. You can, by the way, if you miss any of these messages, you can go back to uh, refugemain.church slash messages, and you can uh, listen to those um, while you're working out, while you're mowing the grass, while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing that you want to, uh, to listen to. Um, the second week, we talked about the state of being a servant, and we talked about, about servanthood. And we, we said that all it takes to be the greatest of all time, the goat, all you have to do is, is to find a need and fill it. And, um, and, and a servant, the, Jesus said that the greatest among you will be a servant. And so we just want to, we want to, the reason why we're doing Summerfest is because we saw a need at Summerfest and we're, some, and we're, we're, we're finding the need and we're filling it. 
Um, last week I talked about falsehood, and I talked about how it's the only hood that we'll talk about that, um, that is negative. Anytime the word false or falsehood is, is included in God's word, is, it's, it's exclusively bad. Because God's word is truth, anytime any false is mentioned, it's, it's exclusively bad because it goes against God's word. And so we talked about falsehood. We stood for truth last Sunday, just like we do every single Sunday that we're here. Uh, last Sunday after church, um, I, was, uh, I was blown away when a, a kid uh, about eight or nine years old uh, came up to me and uh, he said, hey, I drew you something. And, um, and it was a picture of our graphic that's on the screen. And it was like picture perfect to the T. It was like so incredible. And on, <laughs> on the bottom of, of his drawing, he had written uh, fatherhood, motherhood, servicehood. I thought that was cute. Uh, but he also included childhood. And I said to myself, this is a smart kid. He's dropping, he's dropping a hint. <laughs> and so this morning, he's not only smart, but he's bold. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and uh, I listen to kids more than, better than I listen to adults. <laughs> and so this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit for a little while about childhood, but I also want to accompany it, accompany it with parenthood because the two go hand in hand. Parenthood and childhood, and that's the topic that I want to talk to you about for a little while today. Now listen, I'm 42 years old. Uh, I know I look 32, but I'm 42. And uh, I'm just kidding. You can laugh, by the way. You can, you, you're gonna cry, so you might as well laugh, right? I'm going to cry, so you might as well laugh. Just don't laugh at me crying, all right? My kids do that. Uh, I'm 42 years old. I've got a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old, and um, that does not make me an expert on parenting. Uh, that does not make me an expert on parenting. I am no expert when it comes to parenting. But I do have parents that are experts in parenting. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm kidding. They're not experts in parenting. Um, they, f they failed at it as much as I failed at it. But I know that God's word gives us an outline to be excellent parents. And so um, I want to talk to you for a little while about God's word and how we can be excellent parents according to God's word. But anytime I talk about something when it comes to like a phase of life or a stage of life, I understand that there are some of you in here in this room that have never been parents, have no desire to be parents, um, and, or, or maybe it's that you have a desire and you can't be parents for whatever reason. Um, and so, um, but I do know this, I do know that 100% of the people in this room have had parents, right? 100%, 100% of the people in this room have been a kid, you've been a child. And because of that, I think that we can all gleam something from this word this morning. But here's what I want you to know. It's not the topic that's profitable. It's the truth that is profitable. In the book of Timothy, um, 
I think it's I think it's Second Timothy. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says that all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. It's the Scripture, the truth that's profitable, not the topic. So I hope that um, you'll pay attention, that you'll that you'll get something out of this word, because again, it's the truth that we get something out of, not not the topic. If you've been attending the Refuge Church for um, I don't know, the last three months or so, then um, you know that I've kind of been on this kick, uh, this Hebrew kick, uh, looking at Hebrew culture. And uh, it all started a couple weeks before Easter uh, when I talked about the meaning of being a Talmud of Jesus. A Talmud um, is the Hebrew word for learner or student. And so um, so I've really, I've really decided that, that we can... We can learn a lot by looking at Hebrew culture, by looking at the way Jesus lined out Hebrew culture, even in the Old Testament. Listen, the entire book, the entire word of God is inspired, not just the New Testament. It's the, whole, the Old and New Testament. And guess what? Jesus is on every single page. You just have to look for him. He's there. We can learn from it. And I was, I was convicted this last week um, that, that when I look at the church and when I look at believers everywhere, not just, not just here, but everywhere, I see biblically illiterate Christians, people that have formed opinions about God based on their feeling or based on what they've thought, based on what they thought they heard, based on, and it has nothing to do with what God's word has to say. And so I want to hopefully clear up some misconceptions about God this morning. And every single week, we're not going to do this based on how we feel. We're going to do this based on God's word. We're going to do our best to interpret it. Because I know that some of you get frustrated that there's multiple interpretations for God's word. But listen, the whole book is inspired by God. And when you learn it, when you dig into it, you can interpret it correctly. It is possible to interpret God's word correctly. And so we do our very best. And, uh, and, and so I, I, I've been looking at Hebrew culture. And this morning when I, when I started thinking about parenthood, childhood, I thought, you know, the children of Israel were told how to do it right. They were told how to do it right. Now, I'm going to spoil, spoil this message for you. They did it wrong. Right? But they were taught how to do it right. And, 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 they, they, were, and, and they tried. They, they tried their best to do it right. But eventually they had to go into exile to Babylon. And they had to, to be removed from the promised land that God had for them. But... They were taught how to do, do it right, how to raise their kids right. And so this morning, I want to look at a passage, at three passages of Scripture, where we get what the Hebrew people call the Shema. The Shema is, is Hebrew word, the, the Hebrew word for listen. Shema is Hebrew for listen. And in the Shema... It, it, what is known as the Shema is the, the prayer that Hebrew people were taught to teach their kids to pray. 
And so we're going to look at those three passages of scripture in just a moment. In Hebrew culture, as soon as a child began to talk, as soon as their first word came out of their mouth, they were teaching their kids the Shema, teaching their kids how to pray. And it's said that there was a Torah obligation to Hebrew people to teach their kids the Shema. Now, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those five books make up the Torah. And so those five books are, are what the Hebrew people, the, the children of Israel, God's chosen people, that's what they would use to learn, to grow, to teach. And I want to give you today's big idea for, for today's message. The big idea for, for today's message is this, right out of the gate, is the goal of every Christian home should be to achieve generational faith. The goal of every Christian home should be to achieve generational faith. We should have the goal in our homes to raise our kids to love Jesus so so that they will raise their kids to love Jesus and their kids to love Jesus and their kids to love Jesus and that faith would be generational. I'm thankful that my grandfather was one of the first of his family to go to church to accept Jesus to make him the Lord of his life so that he would go on to be a Sunday school teacher in his church and that he would raise my my dad and my uncles to love Jesus. And so now today I stand before you as a second generational pastor, preacher, because of the faith of my grandfather. I'm, I'm... I'm a second generation. That means that my dad is a, is a pastor, and I'm a pastor. And let me tell you, the church, the church messed me up. The church, I mean, as, as, a, as, a, as a PK, pastor's kid, the church messed me up. But yet I still started a church. How? Why? Why would you do that? Well, it's because I fell in love with Jesus. Because my parents taught me to love Jesus first. We have to raise our kids to fall in love with God. Not the God that you think he is, but the God he says he is. Right? One of my biggest burdens as the pastor of this church is I want to do everything that I can to see that no kid that ever attends Refuge Kids goes to hell. Everything that I can to see that every teenager that ever steps foot in this building doesn't go to hell. I want to do everything that I can to see that the kids of the Refuge Church Fall in love with Jesus. That's my burden. But you know what? I don't carry that burden alone. 
Because God's word doesn't say that it's the pastor's burden to do that. God's word says it's the parent's burden to do that. Train up your child in the way that you should go. That's the wisdom scripture. That's wise. That's the wise thing to do. And so you're on the hook as much as I am. So this morning I want to look at what the children of Israel were taught to do to raise their kids to fall in love with Jesus. The Shema is the prayer that they would teach kids as soon as they began to speak. It's found in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 through 21, and Numbers chapter 15, verse 37 through 41. But before we look and read those scriptures, we have to understand the context of each one. Because we can get the context by looking at, at all of it. Are you, guys, are you guys with me? Are you guys still with me? Okay. You're starting to get the blank stare in your face. So I want to make sure that you're still with me. All right. So, so two passages in Deuteronomy, one in Numbers. And, and the Shema context is that the children of Israel, they were, they were in slavery in Egypt. These are God's chosen people. They're in slavery in Egypt. This is in the Old Testament. You can go back and read it in, in the book of Exodus. Shortly after the flood, Joseph goes to Egypt. He becomes, he becomes the governor of Egypt, basically. And there's a famine in the land. And so because of Joseph being in, the, in, in, in Egypt in captivity, the Israel, the whole, the whole nation gets captivated in, in Egypt. And so they're captivated in Egypt until God raises a man by the name of Moses. We got some Bible scholars in the house. Moses um, goes and he rescues the people of Israel from Egypt. And as he rescues him, th this is when um, you've seen, everyone's seen the, the, the Ten Commandments movie, right? And so they're going through and they, God parts the Red Sea and they, and they walk, walk through it on dry ground. And they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. How many of you know that 40 years is a long time? Come on, somebody, right? 40 years is a long time. And in 40 years, you see generation after generation and what God said to, to the passing generation was, you, because you've made some mistakes in these years, you will not see the promised land. Moses, the leader, was a part of that generation that God said, you will not see the promised land. So Moses rallies Israel together. He says, come and listen. And he gives them a speech that says, listen to me, we don't want the kids that are entering into the promised land, we don't want them to make the same mistakes that, you, that this generation made. So do this. And that's where we get the Shema. That's where we get, and so it was passed on from generation to generation to generation. And we can learn what we should pass on to our kids from generation to generation to generation from Israel. Does it make sense? And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, this was, this was the prayer that Israel would pray when they rose and when they lay down. So, um, and, and we'll read it in just a moment, but they prayed this prayer twice a day. That's why it was so important. 
It was when they woke up and when they went to bed, they would pray this prayer. The word Shema means to listen, but I want you to understand that in English, we fall short when we talk about listen. You see, in Hebrew, listen or Shema, that's the word, it uh, is accompanied with to do, right? It's, it's, it's a met, it's a, it's a com- combination. And so the Israel understood when they read the word Shema, they would understand that it meant not just listen, but do what it says. Are you with me? So we have to understand to listen is also to obey. How many of you want to, you guys are like, you're preaching to my kids right now, Pastor Adam. I hope, son, listen to this, right? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel. Do you know, you know what that, that word hear means? Or what that word hear in the original language was? It was the word shema. Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. By the way, time out. Anybody ever hear a guy by the name of Jesus say those words? You know why he said those words? Because he knew the Shema. Because he was teaching the people that to love God and to love people is exactly what you've been taught this whole time in your entire life. So, with all your heart, soul, and might. Verse 6, and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and you shall be, they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, that word Shema was, was to listen and to do. Number, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 13 through 21. And if you will indeed obey my commandments, I will command you today to love your God and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, And he will give you the rain of your land in its season. The early rain and the later rain that you may gather in your grain and in your wine and your oil. And he will give grass in in your fields and in your livestock. And you shall eat and be full. Take care lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and you will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain and the land will yield no fruit and you will perish quickly off the good land that your Lord is giving you. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. 
And you shall bind them as a sign in your hand that you shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking to them, talking of them when you are sitting in your house, when you are walking by your way. And on the door, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of the Lord swore to you, to your fathers, to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. Are you, are you picking up some things from, from what this prayer says? That we would write the words on our hearts and in our souls. Hopefully I can give you some tools today to write these things on your kids' hearts and in their souls. These words are simple, but they have the capacity to reshape the course of an entire life. The capacity to reshape the course of an entire life. That's why they would say them twice daily. They would say them two times, not just once. They do it when they rose and when they lay down. There's another passage of scripture. It's found in Numbers chapter uh, 15, verse 37 through 41. However, this passage in Numbers, and you'll understand why, but it was only said in the morning. It was only said in the morning time. It wasn't said in the, in the evening time. And it wasn't because they were tired when they went to bed, so they, only, they shortened it. That's, that's not what happened. But it's, it's um, let me show you. It's in Numbers 15, 37 through 41. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the people of Israel and tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and put a cord of blue on the tassel of each corner. And it shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember the commandments of your Lord to do them, not to follow after your own heart and on your, your own eyes, which you are inclined to whore after. By the way, did you know that the Bible has some strong language? Did he just say whore? Yes, I did. With a W, right? Verse 40, so you shall remember and do all my commandments and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God, and I am the Lord your God. God wanted the, the Israelites to write this on their heart and in their soul. He wanted, it, he wanted to weave it into the fabric of who they were. And as people, as, as, as parents that follow Jesus, it is our, not, not, just, not just goal, but it is our obligation to, to, to raise our kids to write in their soul the fabric of who God is. So how do we do that? What, what do we teach our kids? How do we teach our kids? A Hebrew sage once said that it is an absolute duty of every person to spend a half hour of every day thinking about the Torah education of children and to do everything in his power and beyond his power to inspire children to follow the path along which they are being guided. That you should think about how you are teaching your kids every single 
day. I hope, you te- I, I hope you think about how you're teaching your kids. I hope you think about how the education system is teaching your kids. I'm a, I could get on a soapbox. I'm going to resist, right? But Christians, pay attention to what your kids are being taught. And teach them, listen, at my house, my kids go to public school, but they are taught God's word in my house. They are taught God's word. They are taught to follow God's word. They know that there are things that they're being taught in school that aren't true, that, aren't, aren't, that don't line up with this. They know that. But guess what? I can't shelter them from it. That's not my goal. My goal is to teach them truth, and hopefully they, they, they choose truth. I can't make them choose truth, but I'm going to give you some tools that I think that they'll choose truth if you do them correctly. And so we have to have the goal as followers of Jesus to achieve generational faith. I hope that you have the goal of, of achieving generational faith in your kids' lives. So th- I've got six things that we have from, from the Shema that we can teach our kids that I want to give you. And, and, and by the way, um, I should have said this at the beginning of the message. If you want to follow along with today's notes, you can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app um, on the screen. She'll put up um, how you can find the YouVersion Bible app in your, in your phone or your, on your tablet, whatever it is that you, that you came to distract you from the sermon this morning. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was a low blow. Pastor Adam, stop taking shots below the belt. <laughs> Number one, teach your kids obedience. Teach your kids obedience, not just obedience to you, but obedience to God's word. Teach your kids that what, what the Hebrews taught their kids, that listen is not just a word that you do with your ears, but is also a word that you do with your feet. When I was a kid, uh, <laughs> I was actually studying this message this morning, and I, and I, and I started singing this song um, that I was taught as a child. Uh, it wasn't when I started to, to talk, but it was probably shortly after. It went like this. It went O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. And that's why I'm not on the worship team. But <laughs> not only did, my, not only did that, that teach me how to spell obedience, which is a difficult word, I get to kindergarten, how do you know how to spell obedience? That's a big <laughs> word. It's because my parents taught me O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience is the way you show that you believe in, in, in God's word. Obeying God's word is the way you show people that you believe God's word. To put it into practice. Teach your kids to obey God's word. Number two, teach your kids to love God. Teach your kids to love God. Our goal, every, every, every message, every, every Sunday morning, we say this, that the, the purpose of our weekend experience, the purpose of what we're doing right now is that everyone would know God. We want you to know God. But we have to learn to teach our kids to love God. 
to know God. We have to teach God, our kids that the names of God are words that we say because we adore and not the words that we say when we get angry. I'm going to let that hit just for a second. Stop teaching your kids that the name of God is something that you say when you get mad because you stubbed your toe. Teach them that the names of God is the answer to all of their problems because the word says that ask anything in my name and it will be done to you. Anything in his name. His name has power. Teach your kids to love God. Number three, teach your kids to serve God. Teach your kids to serve God. I was a youth pastor for 12 years. And um, this statistic has been around forever. The statistic is the, the percentage of kids that leave church when they go to college is between 70 and 80%. The kids that leave, the, the, the likelihood of kids that attend the refuge that will not go to church when they go to college is 70 to 80% of them. Eight out of 10, that's not a good statistic. When I was a youth pastor, uh, my, my, um, my, my pastor gave me a book and it was, it, was about, it was about that. He was like, here, study this. We gotta keep our kids in church. We've always tried to study how to keep our kids in church. And in my study, you know what I've found? What will keep your kids in church? If they serve. If they understand that they are valuable in this house. If they're taught that they have a, a, not just a job to do, but they have a, that, that it's a privilege to serve Jesus in, the, in his house? In order for them to, to learn how to serve, guess what? They've got to see you serve. They've got to see it. Teach your kids to serve Jesus because serving Jesus will keep them in church. Number four, teach your kids to recognize the blessings of God. Let me say it this way. Teach your, get your kids the rewards of God. The rewards. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 14 through 15. I read it. I'll read it again. It says, he will give the rain for your land in its season and early rain and, and later rain. That you may gather in your grain and in your wine and your oil. And he will give grass in your fields for your livestock. And you shall eat and be full. Now that sounds good to me, not just because I'm hungry, but it sounds good that God provides the rain so that my crops can grow, so that I can eat. We have to teach our kids where the blessings come from. That's why we pray before we eat dinner. Pray before you eat every meal with your kids to teach them we're giving thanks to God for providing what we have before us. Teach your kids that there is blessing that comes with obedience. Acknowledge that God gave it to you. 
Number five, teach your kids. Are you ready for this one? It's going to surprise you. Teach your kids that God gets angry. I said, teach your kids that God gets mad. He does. Some of you need to know God gets mad. And you know what he gets mad at? Let me, I'm not doing, I'm not gonna tell you, I'm gonna show you. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 16 through 17. Take care lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you. What does God get mad at? God gets mad at our idols. When we put other gods before him, when we say we're going to serve this God and not serve you, that's when God gets angry, which is also sin. In fact, choosing other gods before the one true God is the one sin that will separate us from him for eternity. So we must put him first. When I was when I was praying about this message and um, I was thought about, about Noah's note last Sunday, God reminded me um, as I looked at the calendar, I, um, I looked at the calendar and I saw that um, my son Graham uh, is 14, has his first baseball game this, this, today. And, um, and I, I started thinking about it and I was like, God, is this an opportunity to, to show people, to teach people that um, we serve God first in our house? And, uh, and I started praying about it, and <laughs> I looked at his, at his baseball schedule, and um, today is the only Sunday game on his, on his entire schedule. It's today. And, um, it's, and it was, it's a 9 a.m. game. And um, I, I looked at, at the opponent, and I kid you not, the opponent is Wyndham, the town of Wyndham. He's playing for Gorham. It's the town of Wyndham, and, it's, and the game is, is in Wyndham. Every other game with every other town that we play against is on a Saturday or on a Monday or Tuesday. It's not on Sunday. And this is what God revealed to me. There is an antichrist spirit. That's the spirit of the antichrist. That, is, that, it, that goes against, against Jesus. Because Jesus' Jesus' word teaches us to put him first. Sunday morning is the time that we put God first. It goes against Christ. That's what antichrist means. It goes against Christ. There is a spirit of antichrist that is in this town. And I say that with all the love and care and concern that I can. We will go against the spirit of Antichrist because we're going to stand for Jesus. Now, where's Graham? Guess what? Graham's playing baseball right now. It's 9 o'clock. But Pastor Adam, I thought you said I did. But guess what? He's going to leave his game early at 1030 to be here for our second service. Because... 
I don't think, and I think that there's a misconception among my friends and among my church that I'm, that I'm this, just this church curmudgeon that just says that you have to be in church every time the doors are open. No, you just have to prioritize Jesus. We don't have church on Wednesday night. We have church on Sunday morning. So guess what? His opportunity to serve Jesus is on Sunday morning, and that's when he's going to do it. So he's going to get picked up at 1030. He's going to come, and guess what? He's going to serve in our kids' ministry for our second service. I'm not... I'm not telling you that to pat myself on the back or, or to pat my son on the back. I'm telling you that to say that it takes sacrifice. It takes, and you know what? There will be kids that will ask on his team, where's Graham going? Why is he leaving early? We're, we're up one run. This is the most critical part of the game. Why is he leaving? And people will say, well, he's got to go to church. And guess what? There will be kids on his team that will make fun of him. I know that. But guess what? Serving Jesus is more important. We will always choose to serve Jesus first. And listen, I know life happens. It happens. But how are you going to serve Jesus first in your life? Finally, number six, teach your kids to weave God into every fabric of who you are. Make him a part of everything you do. How do we do this? How do we accomplish these six things? How do we teach our kids these six things? Four ways, real quick. Number one, the Shema was done at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. You do it with repetition. Everybody knows that that practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And the only way you achieve perfect practice is with repetition over and over and over again. You have to do it repeatedly. Number two, you have to be consistent. Be consistent. Every day you get up, you read God's word every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and especially on Sunday. Be, be repetition, consistent. Number three, you do it privately. You see, I try to teach my kids what good character is. And what good character is, is being the same person privately as I am publicly. So I must write it on my heart privately. My kids may not see it, but it's about consistency. Finally, number four, you have to do it publicly. Repetitive, consistent, private, and public. The Shema teaches that you write it on your heart. You know how you write it on your heart? By doing it privately. It also teaches that you write it on your doorpost and on your gates. You know why you do it on your doorpost and your gates? So you can do it publicly. So you can tell others and show others that this is who we are. 
unashamed, we will choose Jesus and weave him into every fabric of our soul. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Did you get something this morning? Anybody? Anybody? The reason we worship Jesus is because he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of every moment of our day. He's worthy of it. You know how I know he's worthy of it? Because he's shown me that he's worthy of it. Now, this morning I gave you a lot of information. One of my biggest fears is that you would listen, that you would come in and hear a great message or an okay message and that you would do absolutely nothing about it. That's my biggest fear. So go and do. But there's a lot that I gave you today. And some of you are sitting there and you're like, man, I really blew it with my kids. No, you didn't. You can start right now. It's never too late. It's never too late. Start right now because remember, it's not the topic, it's the truth. The truth is beneficial. One step closer to Jesus. That's all we want. One step closer. So this morning, again, I ask it every week, what's your step? What's your step? Do me a favor, close your eyes, bow your head. I want to pray with you. How many say, Pastor Adam? I need Jesus in my life. I, I He hasn't been in my life at all, and I just I just need to accept Him. I need to receive Him and make him the Lord of my life, that he would be my God. Is there anyone in the quietness of this room? Pretty sacred moment that we have here. I would say, Pastor Adam, that's me. I need, I need Jesus to be my Lord this morning. Would anybody, with the courage that you have, every ounce of courage in your soul, would you just simply raise your hand and say, Pastor Adam, that's me. I need Jesus in my, as, in my life as my Lord. Thank you. See you. Anybody else? I need Jesus to be my Lord. I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else? We're not in a rush. If you raise your hand, I'm gonna invite you to say this prayer with me. But believe it in your heart, write it on your heart, put it in your soul, and then do everything you can to continue to learn 
and grow and know God. One way that you can continue to learn and know God is just by taking the step of filling out the card in front of you and marking it, marking down, I am committing to follow Jesus and then dropping it off at guest services on your way out if you say this prayer with me. If you raise your hand, if you didn't raise your hand and you need Jesus as your savior, would you say this prayer with me right where you sit? Say, God, I know I need you. Father, I ask that you would write your name on my heart by the blood of Jesus that he shed for me on the cross. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Is God good this morning? Come on, give him a hand. Give him a hand. Yeah. We're going to sing a song, and then we'll be dismissed. The lights will come back on, and you can go about your happy Sunday. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. I hope you have a great week, and uh, let's sing a song.